Hello. How are you? I can't hear you, but I'm going to assume and hope that you are doing amazingly well or even better than that. Uh, so thank you for tuning in this week to the Dream to Destination podcast, where we talk about solo travel and Mexico travel and solo travel in Mexico. And today we're going to be covering uh, Mexico travel, uh, specifically the town of Tulum, which is very popular and it seems only getting more and more popular with each passing year. I live in the Yucatan Peninsula, which is where Tulum is. Uh, it's about an hour and a half south of Cancun for a little bit of reference in like the south eastern part of Mexico, which is what's called the Yucatan Peninsula, which is uh, where all the Caribbean beaches in Mexico are the most what some say are the most beautiful beaches in the country. So Tulum is located in some pretty famous real estate as far as Mexico goes. And um, yeah, it's it's like a very bohemian kind of beach town destination. It attracts a lot of like yoga teachers and spiritual types, but it also attracts like a wealthier crowd because Tulum, uh, especially by Mexico standards, isn't the cheapest of places, but you can do it. So this podcast is actually all about how to travel to Tulum on a budget. And um, I spent about two months in Tulum, so I know that these tips work. <laughs> and I know that it's possible to be on a budget in Tulum. Although if you ask most people, they're going to say, you know, well, Tulum is not really the cheapest place in Mexico. And they're totally right. If you are looking for a not an overall not expensive beach town in Mexico, you sh you know, Tulum's not your beach town. But like, like I mentioned, Tulum on a budget is certainly, certainly possible. But if you just want to show up somewhere and like know that you're not spending money and know that you don't have to really kind of plan out, then maybe Tulum's not for you. But um, for those who definitely want to go to Tulum, which it seems like is a lot of people because... I li like I mentioned, I live not far from there and, you know, I have this Mexico uh, travel blog and podcast and I honestly, half my traffic that I get to my blog is, is on the Tulum content. So I know that it's, it's a very, very popular place to visit in Mexico. It's super cool. A lot of like large scale art installations. You've probably seen a lot of Tulum photos on Instagram. It's a very, very Instagrammable place, but um, you know, Tulum and budget don't necessarily always go hand in hand, but it can be done. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So this episode's all about Tulum on a budget, but first we're going to talk about how to plan a budget, how to make a travel budget. Because the thing with the budget is if you're just someone who says, well, you know, I'm going to do this trip on a budget like you have to know your budget because if you don't know your budget, you don't know if you're on budget. So we're going to spend just a little bit of time kind of getting into what I think is a smart way to plan a budget um, because no two travelers are alike. So I kind of made a formula that's a little bit of a plug and play um, for everyone to be able to use after you determine what's important to you for this trip, then you can just kind of easily input numbers and, you know, you can work your, your own actual budget out, your number budget out on your own. But once you have your number, you know, you, you have to then figure out how to distribute the number. And I have um, 
what I think are some pretty good tips on how to do that. Like I managed to travel for about a year straight in Mexico before deciding I'm just going to live here. But, you know, I went to 14 states, I went to almost half the states in the country and um, was able to stay on budget <laughs> the whole time throughout long-term travel. Um, so I think these tips really do work. And I did spend about two months in Tulum specifically. So I'm pretty familiar with the town enough to be able to, I think, point people in good directions on, um, you know, well, if you want to eat cheap, you can go here. If you want to do this cheap, you can go here. I think I have a pretty good grasp on that. I, I spent enough time in the town to, to be able to uh, make those good calls and advise in a good way. So let's take a short break and then we're going to jump in on how to make a budget and uh, sort of setting an intention for your trip. And then after that, we're going to pick it up with 10 tips on how to travel to Tulum on a budget. So thank you for joining me. And I hope you get a lot of great information out of this podcast. Welcome back. So let's talk about planning to travel to Tulum on a budget. I actually really like travel planning. Um, I have become less of like kind of that <laughs> plan everything person. And I've become like a, a plan one third person. <laughs> and I, I'm comfortable at that level. But I actually just really do like travel planning. I just actually like planning um, I don't know, it just calms my brain knowing I have some kind of idea of how things are going to play out. And then the other two thirds of me just being like, you know what, <laughs> life is about just rolling the dice. So that's where I'm at. But yeah, I really enjoy the travel planning. So if you also are into to the planning aspect, um, I think this information really is going to like transcend into other areas of planning. So Tulum on a budget. Um, as I mentioned, I, I lived, I don't know at what point if, when you say you lived somewhere, but I spent about two months in Tulum. So I can offer some ex-locals tips on, um, on visiting Tulum on a budget. And truth be told, I really do believe this is completely doable and it actually doesn't matter what your budget is. So I think you can do Tulum at any budget. There are backpacking grounds like with tents, like very no frills, there's, I mean, it's Mexico. There's lots of street tacos. So I think it's totally doable at any budget, even though Tulum is not known as the most budget-friendly destination. So how, you might be wondering, how is it totally doable at any budget? And the first thing I recommend is planning a realistic budget and sticking to it. So what does that mean? Um, the thing with a Tulum on a budget guide is that no two budgets are alike. So one person's Tulum budget might be 8,000 and another's might be 800. So when you just say the word budget, you know, you mean your budget. There's not something that's like a universal budget in the world. So you have to really know your realistic budget and stick to it. Because, you know, the only way, you know, if you're staying within budget, is to know exactly what the budget is. So the next thing is um, managing your Tulum trip ex uh, expectations. So Tulum is one of the most Instagram-worthy places in Mexico. Uh, a lot of people 
you know, like the old school way was, I guess, through travel brochures. I'm probably like dating my age with that one. But um, or yeah, my last full time job uh, in the U.S. was a, an editor for a Miami travel magazine. And like the whole point of the magazine was to, for beautiful images to inspire you to want to come to Miami. So nowadays that's that's mostly like what people go to Instagram for or to Pinterest for. Uh, so you've likely seen Tulum in Instagram or, you know, maybe a friend has gone or, you know, through Pinterest, um, YouTube videos. I mean, it's a, it's a gorgeous, stunning place. Um, you know, the beaches are gorgeous. There's the swimmable cenotes, the natural swimming holes, um, like, you know, in the jungle, um, you know, Tulum's very artistic town, a lot of large scale art installations. It's very like rustic chic. Um, but keep in mind <laughs> that because you've seen it so much on Instagram or Pinterest or YouTube or however you consume your, your inspirational social media stuff, um, you know, this place is pretty well known. And a lot of those places you've seen in the photos, you know, they're not always the most budget-friendly places. So if there's somewhere on your Tulum bucket list that you must, must, must visit, then, you you know, you work that into your budget and you make sacrifices in other areas. Because after all, there's no point in going to Tulum, Mexico and not having your perfect trip. So you know, managing your expectations means like you might have seen 17 amazing places, but you know, you kind of have to pick and choose what's the, the most important place to you and then sort of work out from there. So just keep in mind, you know, being on a budget means picking and choosing what's most important, not foregoing anything that's expensive. All right. So knowing your budget what does it mean to know your budget? How do you determine your Tulum budget? Well, first of all, you have to just work out your own numbers on your own. So you have to, you know, you know, based on your income, whatever, maybe bills you're paying off of your rent, whatever you're doing, whatever your disposable income for the trip is, is like a number, you know, you'll get to yourself. Because let's get real, the bottom line for most travelers is money, you know, so... When you're making your budget, the most important thing is to budget honestly and within your own personal means, not anybody else's. So when you're determining your, your budget numbers, um, take up the position that your budget is like the judge and the jury. So when your budget says no to something, you have to take it as like a no further questions, your honor, you know, and you don't let anyone or any other like person like peer pressure you into changing your mind or or whatever. I mean, that's only to your detriment. So whether or not you do that, just really up to you, but it only, it's only hurting you, I guess, in the end. Um, so with this mindset that, you know, you're, you're sticking hard and fast to a realistic number for yourself, you know, you'll be able to create an honest budget because, you know, like with most things, if we're not working from honesty, then, you know, half of the efforts are in vain anyway. So yeah, you can't be on budget or within budget if you don't know what your real budget is. So once you've run your numbers, um, then you can get creative with sort of how to divide up 
that number. And again, I think whatever that number may be, whether it's like 800 or 8,000, you know, you can have a great Tulum trip. You can have a great trip to, to most places. Um, but yeah, it's about knowing your, what your numbers are and then dividing them up in a smart way. So how do we do that? Um, I'd like to suggest uh, determining what your Tulum trip priorities are. So there's not really a one size fits all when it comes to dividing up a travel budget. I can't just say, oh, well, 30% should go to accommodation and 25% should go to food. And, you know, because the reality is that like for some travelers, their place to stay is very, very, very important. And then for some travelers, their place to stay, their accommodation is just where they sleep and shower. They could care less, you know, obviously those kind of people like, you know, get a hostel. They're much cheaper and, you know, they're very social and you get a bed and a shower, which is all you need. But then there's some other people that like, you know, I feel like I'm like this. I, I really do like a nicer place and I will make a sacrifice in a different area. Because in Mexico, you can always sacrifice for street food. <laughs> you know, you can always forgo a nice restaurant to eat street food. And like insider tip, the street food's way better anyway. So I've I've been made I have learned throughout my Mexico travel to make that concession because I need a nicer place to be able to come home to and decompress at the end of the day and like kind of go into my cocoon. You know, I can't go back to a hostel and like have to deal with people wanting to talk about my day like that wouldn't be relaxing to me and that wouldn't make for a nice trip so like for me the 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 social aspect of a hostel is generally too social so i will look for an airbnb um like in mexico you can have a smaller size a a mid i don't know mid-size Airbnb, a modest Airbnb, a nice but modest Airbnb. You can have that for as much as you can have a hostel private room. So I've sort of always just kind of opted for that because I I like I like and I need the alone time at the end of the day. So yeah, like because of that, I can't just say, okay, well, you know, you should spend this much on accommodation. Because the reality is like hostel travelers are probably spending 10% of their budget on accommodation. Where like for me, that equals not a good trip. So um, know your priorities, know what's important to you and just kind of don't make concessions on that. Uh, This is a lot easier for solo travelers because you only have to answer to yourself. But for group travel, you know, you have to kind of, you know, you you sort of find ways to compromise, but you also have to be like true to your to your own needs and wants too. Every everyone has to do that just in a compromising way. So what I suggest is making a trip goal. I don't think a lot of people do this. Um, so first, know that whatever's important to you is all that matters here. Like this is a no judgment zone. If your trip goal is rest, relaxation, and beach time, then that's totally valid. That's a total reason to go on a vacation. That's, you know, it doesn't have to be like, oh, I want to find myself. I mean, if you do, that's fine, but it doesn't have to be that, you know. So whatever your goal is, is totally valid. So having a trip goal will actually make budgeting a lot, a lot, a lot easier. 
So taking that uh, that example of someone whose trip goal is rest, relaxation, and beach time. I guess that would be goals and not goal. But, um, you know, rest. Rest is their goal. Um, for them, budgeting is super simple because a good amount of your money, maybe half of your money, is going to go towards a nice place on the beach where you can just walk from your room straight to, like, the Caribbean Sea each morning. So, you know... Whatever your trip goal is, knowing it honestly is just going to help with budgeting that much more. So yeah, take a take a minute. Just what do you want out of this trip? Do you want, you know, just to relax? Do you want to uh, explore the culture? Um, you know, do you want to do some kind of like self-exploration? Uh, are you getting over something? Are you, you know, like in a transitional phase in your life? Um, you know, what's your goal? Like people travel for lots of different reasons and it isn't always just rest and relaxation. So next, after you have your goal, prioritize. So what does this mean? Take a moment with that goal in mind to prioritize. What are your priorities? So just some, some examples of categories accommodations, tours, uh, sightseeing, food and eating at the, all the good restaurants, shopping, um, and some others, any others that are not listed here that apply to you. So yes, you do want it all. Of course, we all want it all. Um, but do pinpoint like what you need or what you want the most. Um, because that's going to be your number one travel priority, followed by your number two, your number three, etc. So once you have an idea of where your priorities lie, uh, you can use this guide to sort of insert your needs and wants accordingly. So now that you have an idea of like, my most important priority is my accommodation. My second most pr uh, biggest priority is um, taking a tour to Chichen Itza pyramids. My third most important travel priority is I want to spend one day at Coco Tulum Beach Club. Okay, great. So 40% of your budget is going to go towards your most important category. So, you know, for me or for this example I've sort of been using, it would be your accommodation. So if your budget is $10,000, let us i am just using a round number. If your budget is 10,000, then 40%, 4,000 is going to go to your accommodation. So you know you can your budget for accommodation is 4,000. So then 25% is going to go towards your number 2, which is going to to see Chichen Itza. And it's not super expensive to go to see the ruins in Mexico, but if it's your bucket list thing, you know, Chichen Itza is one of the seven wonders of the world. So for a lot of people, it's a bucket list. You know, maybe you can do like a VIP tour or you can do a sunrise tour, that, which these do exist. Um, so with a sunrise tour, you'll get to go. I think they open. Um, it'll be a couple, maybe a two hours earlier. So you get to enjoy two hours before only with the other VIPs, you know, so you can do something like that. And. Uh, 15% of your budget can go to category number three. So for me, for my example that I was using, it was to go spend the day at the, the Coco Tulum Beach Club. So 
you know, this is a very famous Instagrammable place. They have these beautiful white beach swings. Um, so you get to go there, you know, and, and again, maybe, you know, instead of renting a beach chair, you rent a beach bed and, you know, you can like get the expensive tequila, you know, you can get like Patron. I don't really drink like <laughs> whatever, like the top shelf Patron is in your margarita instead of like the bottom shelf Patron. Uh, so yeah, you have a little bit of like more wiggle room. So it's like anyone can go to Coco Tulum Beach Club, but like you get to go and sort of splurge a little because you've, you've just budgeted for that. So after that, 10% of the budget should go to those non-fun but necessary things like transport to and from the Cancun airport. Uh, Tulum is about 90 minutes or so south of Cancun and you fly into the Cancun airport. So then you have to get to Tulum. So, you know, you have to factor that, that in, you know, 10% should go to non-fun but necessary things. And then another 10%, I really do believe should go to travel insurance. And if you go to this uh, blog, which is linked in the show notes, um, I have my travel insurance company linked um, and they give free quotes. So, but if you're not getting travel insurance, you know, 10% should really go to an emergency fund. Um, you know, and the easy thing with travel insurance is that you've already kind of paid for that emergency fund. So some people will make an emergency fund and then dip into it for non-emergencies, but that's on, that's not the point, you know? So uh, yeah, if you're not doing travel insurance, have like a dedicated emergency fund that you're really not going to use unless it's an actual emergency. So let's just recap that. 40% of your budget to the most important thing to you. 25% to the second most important thing to you. 15% to the third most important thing. 10% towards non-fun but necessary things like airport transportation. 10% towards travel insurance or your emergency fund. And then that's 100%. That's 100% of, uh, of your travel budget. So I hope that was helpful in determining a travel budget. And now that you know what your numbers are, how to allocate your numbers, let's talk about Tulum on a budget in general and how to get the most money, the most bang for your buck out of your Tulum trip. Welcome back. And now we're going to get into some specifics about um, Tulum budget travel. And I have 10 tips for you. We're going to do like five and then take a little break and then do five more. So I'm going to break, break up the 10. So these first five, um, tip number one, visit in the shoulder season. And this really applies to all travel destinations. So there's usually the the busy season um and in tulum and pretty much most mexican beaches um is winter uh the months between november to march really are like the perfect months um you know beach towns in mexico um they're it's like a caribbean tropical um 
temperature. So you can expect heat, you can expect humidity, you can expect mosquitoes. Um, but in the winter, you know, you mostly do not have those things. Also, uh, there's hurricane season. So Tulum is right on the Caribbean Sea and it's, uh, you know, in the zone for Atlantic hurricane season in um, just this year, they, no, it's uh, the end of 2020, they had a hurricane. So, you know, Tulum is susceptible to hurricanes. Uh, it's rare. We had some strange weather in the Yucatan Peninsula uh, at the end of 2020, beginning of 2021. But like, honestly, 2020 was just like that year that we all kind of want to <laughs> call the exception to the rule. So it's really, you know, November to March, as a general rule, you're going to get the very, very best weather in Tulum, which is why everyone wants to go at that time of year. And a lot of people um, in Canada and in the northern parts of the US have winter homes in Mexico. So, um, you know, people come come south for the winter to escape their cold and come to the perfect weather in Mexico. So the shoulder season is the time when the weather is still pretty good, but you're not in the peak of a high tourism season. So you're getting sort of all the great benefits, but the prices have not yet increased to the high season prices. So with Tulum and with most of Mexico, December tends to be the busiest month. Uh, there's some like big, Tulum's a pretty big New Year's destination as well. So let's say from the, you know, last week or so of November till the first week or so of January, that's really like the very, very busiest time in Tulum. But if you could go you know, late October, early November, like that's still shoulder season. And then February and March is still shoulder season, like late, late March. And then, you know, through mid April, you're getting into like a lot of the spring break crowd. So the, the prices might go up a little bit, but yeah, the shoulder season, uh, it's, it's the months in between all the super busy times where you're gonna snag really good deals and you're also gonna get some really, really good weather. Now that's not to say that like, if you can't go at that time of year, it's gonna be it's gonna be really bad or something like that. But you know, just like a word of warning on Tulum and on the Mexican Caribbean, you know, the summers are rainy. They're very, very rainy. Like that's again, you know, weather does what it wants, but that's not to say you won't go and have like a, an amazingly sunny week. But it's also like more humid than most people are ever expecting. A lot of places in Tulum don't have air conditioning. Uh, the mosquitoes are pretty bad in the summer. So, you know, for me, I would only recommend someone who wasn't going in the summer. Um, but you know, again, you can snag some pretty good deals because a lot of people don't want to go in the summer for that very reason. So, you know, tip one, shoulder season. Tip two. Tip two is set a fare alert on uh, on your phone for your flight or, could you know, on your laptop, wherever you set your fare alerts. So fare alerts are really great because, again, like after you've determined your budget and you know how much you can spend on a flight. 
um, set a fare alert on your phone, you know, and as soon as your flight gets to a, a level where you're comfortable, you know, then buy your flight. Um, the fare alerts these days are getting more and more like sophisticated. So if you set up, if you use, I use Google flights, I also use kayak um, and Skyscanner. So <laughs> I, I shop around a little bit, but you know, it's free. You just go to, go to the website. Like, let's take the example of Google flights. You'll go to Google flights website, open it up. Um, you're going to put in your two airport, which is where you're coming from. And for your, um, you're going to, you're traveling to airport. Oh, sorry. I guess you're, you're from airport is where you're coming from. And then your two airport, you're going to put Cancun international or the code is CUN. And there's a little toggle and they're all the, all the companies are pretty much set up like this. You know, most, a lot of companies copy, copy Google, Google's interface. So there's a little toggle right underneath of the search bar on Google flights and it says track prices. And you just toggle that on. And, you know, a lot of us use Gmail or have our, our email address connected to our Google, um, our Google, like, I don't know, what do we connect to on Google? Anyway, we're connected to Google in some way, even, you know, for, from using Google as a, a search engine so much. So when you toggle on track prices, um, Google flights is going to just send you email alerts like, oh, the price has gone up. The price has gone down. And then it'll also tell you stuff like statistically, this is 25% lower than normal for this type of year. So they do like analysis based on previous years flights, which again, like, you know, no one has the actual secret to flight hacking with prices. Like people have their methods. I feel like it's like a slot machine. People will be like, oh, this machine's working. And it's like, it's a machine and it doesn't have a brain. So, you know, you just kind of feel like it works or not. So people have their, their ways of flight hacking, but really like there's no real way. So I, I, I actually use a lot of those statistics of like how it compared to previous years and stuff like that. So, you know, if you can pay 300 for a flight, then when your flight alert maybe gets like to 305 and you've been tracking it for a while and it's been 375, you know, once it gets to somewhere you're comfortable with, you just, then you buy your ticket. But it's super cool that like the, the fare alerts will do all the work for you. So um, after you've bought your flight, <laughs> what happens when you get to Cancun airport, which I mentioned is about an hour and a half north of Tulum. Well, the cheapest way to get to Tulum from the Cancun airport is usually on the bus. Now I know to US travelers telling someone to take a bus sounds actually kind of crazy. But in Mexico, buses are not, um, you know, in a lot of Latin America, they have what is called the chicken bus. And it's like a, you know, an old school yellow school bus. I mean, they paint them and decorate them. So they're like fun and festive, but it's an old school, like no air conditioned school bus. But in Mexico, um, we don't have chicken buses. So 
most of the buses here are like very big, like tour bus style buses. It's like big, huge, like comfy, velvety recliner seats. There's like air conditioned. Um, there are outlets for your phones at all the seats. Um, you know, they're generally like pretty comfy. They have bathrooms uh, in case of emergency. No one ever wants to use the bus bathroom, but in an emergency, there is a bus bathroom. Uh, they actually also usually give you like water and a snack when you're getting on the bus. They're pretty nice. Um, I take buses all the time. I actually love taking the buses in Mexico and most people who come to Mexico uh, end up loving taking the buses. So from Tulum, from Cancun airport to Tulum, the least expensive most slash most comfortable way is on the ADO bus, which is ADO. And ADO is the largest bus company in Mexico. Uh, they pretty much go everywhere. You can get to everywhere on, on the bus. Um, so uh, you can take the bus right from the Cancun airport, and it will take you right to downtown Tulum. So it's a super easy trip. Um, you might want to look into the ADO, ADO website, buying your tickets in advance. Some people don't like doing it because you never know if your flight's going to be late or all that kind of stuff. But the buses run pretty regularly between Cancun and uh, Tulum. So, you know, you can always buy your ticket when you get there. Uh, there is no Uber in the entire state of Quintana Roo where Cancun and Tulum is. So you can't take a, an, an Uber. Um, and taxis are pretty expensive, but there's private transportation, there's shared shuttles, there's all of the things. But just as a general, the audio bus tends to be the least expensive and, you know, figure the prices fluctuate, but figure no more than like 10 to $15 for a one-way trip. Um, so that's how to get to Tulum. So what then happens when you do get to Tulum? How do you pick your place? Where should you stay? All that kind of stuff. So Tulum is basically divided into three areas, um, downtown Tulum, which is also called Tulum Town, Aldea Zama, which is like a newer kind of housing development in town, uh, and then the Tulum Beach. So downtown is at one extreme end and the beach is at the other extreme end and then in the middle is Aldea Zama. So the, the most budget friendly place to stay in Tulum is Tulum Town or downtown Tulum. Uh, it's also like budget friendly in more, more ways than one, um, besides, you know, less expensive accommodations. There's some like really good, uh, hostels, some budget friendly hotels. There's, uh, some Airbnbs that are, you can get for like $45 a night for like a nicer place. Um, besides that, you know, you're just surrounded by, you're outside of the main tourist zone of Tulum Beach. So everything's less expensive. Food's less expensive. Um, there's like actual street tacos um, that are super inexpensive. All of the things um, about Tulum Town are just a lot cheaper than staying on Tulum Beach, which is the Tulum you've seen on Instagram. But there's nothing to prevent you from going to the beach and doing your your Instagram thing. You can go to all those places. You know, it's just, you know, much more economical to not stay at, let's say, a Tulum beach resort than it is to just go snap a few pictures at one. So, you know, keep that in mind. Tulum Town, downtown Tulum is not the really the Tulum you've seen 
on Instagram. Now that's not to say it's not like charming in its own way. It just looks like a more like old school, traditional, like old school Mexican beach town, which is kind of charming in its own way, but it's not where you're going to find like the Tulum you've seen on Instagram. Let's just, uh, let's just say that, but you know, again, there's nothing to prevent you from taking photos in those places. Um, but much, much cheaper to stay in, um, in Tulum town and hang out in Tulum town and eat in Tulum town. Um, so I have a, a blog called Tulum on a budget that is going to be linked in the show notes that this podcast is based off of. And I have actually about eight recommendations for, um, mid budget Airbnbs actually have, um, some cool like glamping teepees if you've heard of glamping it's like glamorous camping uh it's a it's pretty popular in a couple parts of mexico it's uh coming up in tulum and popularity um i have some lower price end airbnbs that are actually super nice uh i have a hostel in there that i recommend uh so definitely check out the link in the the show notes so the next tip is renting a bike. Um, Tulum is not very big, but it's kind of like spread out, if that makes sense. And it's also really hot for the majority of the year. Um, so while the beach from Tulum town is like two miles, you know, it's also on the days when it feels like it's a hundred degrees, it's not a pleasant two mile walk. So the, the way most people get around, um, Tulum is on a moped or on a bike and you can rent both the mopeds rent for something like 20 bucks a day. And the bikes are closer to eight to 10. So a lot of people rent bikes to get around Tulum. Um, you'll see a lot of people biking around and there's, you know, pretty much you can park a bike anywhere. Tulum's pretty safe, but most places will have like places to like, you know, lock your bike to if you want to do that too. So it's super easy to rent both a moped and a bike in Tulum. There's all kinds of places. Tulum is pretty much two main roads. So there's like one main road and it, the, I think it's a two lane road on each side. It's a small road and it goes through downtown Tulum or Tulum town. And then there's like one, one lane road that goes down Tulum beach. And that's pretty much Tulum. <laughs> so if you're in Tulum, Tulum town, downtown, um, there's all kinds of places along that one main road that have uh, bike rentals and moped rentals. And they let you, you can rent with your U S driver's license. Um, it's totally legit. And um, yeah, pretty inexpensive either way. But if not, as I mentioned, there's no Uber. So you you do have to take taxis. Um, taxis are everywhere in Tulum. It's not a problem to get a taxi. The one thing that I find most annoying about the taxis is, is that they are cash only. And, you know, the, the bank fees can keep adding up if you're constantly taking out cash in Tulum or in Mexico in general. So I like to try to conserve my cash. So a good way to do that would be to uh, to rent a bike and not have to rely on taxis. So we are going to take a short break and come back and do the last couple tips on visiting Tulum on a budget. 
Welcome back. And we are going to do the last five of my 10 tips for Tulum travel on a budget. And that uh, tips, so as a six, tip number six is visiting cenotes over beach clubs. Um, so again, if you've kind of learned about Tulum from Instagram or from YouTube, or Pinterest. You've probably seen a picture of a cenote, which you maybe didn't know that's what they were called. So cenote is C-E-N-O-T-E. -E, and they're essentially like sinkholes that you can swim in. Um, they're, you know, they look very tropical. They're mostly located in the jungles. Um, they're, the water is like crystal clear, blue. There's little teeny fishes swimming around. Uh, you might even see a little turtle swimming around here and there. So this is the groundwater that flows under the entire Yucatan Peninsula. It's our, it's our freshwater source. And some places in the Yucatan, uh, the, the limestone rock that used to cover all of this ground has fallen away throughout the years of the Earth's existence. It's, you know, it's eroded down and has exposed the groundwater underneath. So the cenote water, when you swim in one cenote, like that water is connected to every cenote underground. So that's what a, a cenote is, basically. Um, so thanks to Instagram and, and all the others mentioned, uh, Tulum is like, it's honestly just as famous for its cenotes as it is for like its white sand, beautiful Mexican Caribbean beaches. So while they're both stunning, there's no doubt about that, um, cenotes cost quite a bit less to enjoy than a lot of beach clubs. So beach clubs, um, they have what's known as a minimum spend. So when you're entering the beach club as a non-guest of that resort, pretty much all the beach clubs are connected to resorts along Tulum Beach. So when you're entering, you know, they're going to know you're not a guest and you're going to pay to enter. But essentially this payment is really just what you, what everyone has to pay as a minimum spend. Uh, Tulum Beach Clubs, depending on how nice they are and their amenities and, you know, how, how many people, <laughs> how many people, I guess, essentially want to go to that beach club, how popular it is. They can range from, from 500 to a thousand pesos for a day. So that's 25 to 50. Um, but essentially that money is going to cover your food and your drink. So whatever you spend there, outside once you get to the beach club, you know, that's already covered. Uh, at these beach clubs, you might imagine $25 doesn't go super far. You can maybe get, ugh, I don't even know, <laughs> not much, like a fruit plate and a cocktail, you know, something like that. It's not going to cover very much on the beach. But, you know, if you want to just check out a couple of the beach clubs, which are, you know, obviously they're very beautiful, and they offer nice like beach beds and beach hammocks and usually pools and you can use their showers and their bathrooms and and all of the things, you know, but yeah, your, your dollar doesn't go super far at a Tulum Beach Club. But, you know, like I mentioned, whatever is important to you is what you're going to budget for. So if going to all the Tulum Beach Clubs is, is what's important, you know, then that's where a big chunk of your budget's already going there anyway. 
But for those who just want to enjoy the nature of Tulum and, you know, you're not super attached to being at like one of the upscale beach clubs, the cenotes, by contrast to the 50 25 $50 entry to a beach club, cenotes are like $3 to visit. <laughs> and so they range from like the three to about 10 on the very higher end. But, you know, some of them, like the $10 ones are going to have like lots of facilities. They're going to have bathrooms and maybe, you know, somewhere to buy snacks and, and like shaded palapas to sit on under and relax. And, you know, it's going to be more like somewhere you can spend a full day. Like it's kind of like a, the cenote version of a beach club. So obviously just in price alone, um, cenotes much cheaper to, to visit, um, than beach clubs. So if you head to the blog, which is linked in the show notes, I have uh, recommendations on the best cenotes in Tulum that are all located just right near um, downtown Tulum, li literally within five to 15 minutes of downtown Tulum. And um, again, figure th three to I don't even know if any cenotes are $10 to get in three to $8 to get in to first cenotes. So the next tip is to seek out the free beach clubs. Now there's not too, too many that are free beach clubs, but they're out there. Um, so I'm just going to list a couple like Ziggy's beach club is a pretty well-known one. And, you know, I, I say free, but, you know, you definitely have to be like eating and drinking to, to kind of be there. Um, but Ziggy's is a good one. Coco Tulum Beach Club is a good one. Revolucion Pancho Villa is another good one. That one has like a younger vibe to it. A, a lot. That's a, definitely a party bar. Um, they don't have minimum spends. None of these have minimum spends, but you're definitely expected <laughs> to be eating and drinking during your time there. Um, <clears throat> and if you, you know, if you're spacing out, if you're not, if you're slamming like $15 pina coladas, yes, that's going to add up pretty quick. But, you know, realistically, if you're ordering like an agua fresca, which is a fruit water and you can have those all over Tulum and in the Yucatan Peninsula, agua frescas are, are a popular thing. And, you know, a ceviche that, that could be like 15 bucks. So, you know, you could realistically hang out there for a few hours with that or, you know, one pina colada. So you have to also just like kind of keep that in mind. So the free beach clubs really just mean the ones that don't charge you to walk in the door. So those were, there were three that, uh, that, um, you can check out Ziggy's, Pancho Villa and Coco Tulum. So pro tip Mexican beaches are public domain. This means you're totally allowed to just head to the beach and put your towel in the sand and enjoy the beach for zero dollars. But, you know, just remember, you know, some of the beach resorts, you know, kind of have like a line in the sand, like this is our property and this is beach property. I mean, if you're just like being quiet and not really drawing too much attention to yourself and you're just enjoying the beach, pretty much probably no one's going to bother you. But you also like can't go use any of the resorts, like bathrooms and towel showers and pools. And no you can't use any of their stuff, but you can go like lay on the beach. Like you can totally do that for zero dollars. So the next tip 
is uh, stick to the Tulum ruins. So there's Mayan ruins all over the Yucatan Peninsula. It was This was uh, one of the ma most major spots of the Mayan civilization. Um, and there's ruin sites all over, uh, something like 100 public ruin sites in the entire Yucatan Peninsula. So if you're into, into that kind of stuff, uh, you have a couple options not super, super far from Tulum. Um, Chichen Itza, which I mentioned already, one of the seven wonders of the world. It's about two hours or so from Tulum. Uh, there's Koba Ruins, which is my favorite ruin site in the Yucatan. Um, Ekbalam is another site. And there is another one pretty far. A lot of people don't really go from Tulum. I think it's closer to like a five-hour drive. But um, it's called Ushmal. It's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Uh, again, a little far from Tulum. But the, if you're sticking to a budget and you just want to experience the Mayan ruins of some type, you can go to the Tulum ruins, which are located on Tulum Beach. And this is a smaller site, but super beautiful. I mean, it overlooks the Caribbean Sea. It's, it's a gorgeous place, but it's right in Tulum. You don't have to worry about getting there. The other ones are outside of the city. I want to say the closest ones, Ekbalam, is about maybe a little over an hour, an hour and 15 minutes from Tulum, and then they just get further and further away. Um, so yeah, you know, if you're going to just to the Tulum ruins, you don't have to worry about transportation. They're literally like on Tulum beach. Uh, it costs 75 pesos or about $4 to enter. So they're definitely the most budget friendly ruins to see as well in the Yucatan. Um, but yeah, like I mentioned, it's a smaller site. You can kind of walk the site within, I want to say within an hour, it gets kind of crowded there. So maybe let's say two hours at most, but then you can just walk. There's a staircase and it takes you right down to this beautiful beach cove right below the ruins. So realistically you can go do the ruins, you know, it's get you, you're going to get sweaty probably walking around. Um, there's not really any shaded areas. And then from there you just walk down the staircase to the beach and you can hang out there and it can be a $5 day spent in Tulum, seeing Mayan ruins and spending the rest of the day at the beach. So, you know, budget and Tulum are doable. There takes a little kind of thinking and planning ahead of time, but it's totally doable. So, you know, by contrast, let's say a trip to Chichen Itza might cost you closer to $30 for the day um, and, and up, 30 and up you know, with transportation to get there, with admission, with, with, uh, you know, you know, eating out all of the things. So, you know, you can have a nice $4 day at the Tulum ruins, or you can, you know, you can head to Chichen Itza. It's a little more pricey, but again, depending on your wants and needs, you can certainly see Mayan ruins in the Yucatan for cheap. So the next tip is to hit up the happy hours. Um, Happy hours are actually kind of a big thing in Tulum, but they keep strange hours. Like that's the one thing. They're only, they actually really are happy hour in Tulum. 
for most places, it's usually 4 to 6 p.m., so it's a shorter window, and I guess it's a little earlier than a lot of maybe people in the U.S. associate with happy hour, because I guess a lot of people will go straight from work. But actually, uh, 4 to 6 is really like the sweet spot of Tulum happy hour bars. So I list a few, um, actually list five really good ones in the blog linked in the show notes. But um, yeah, Coco Tulum is is a really popular one. They have two for ones. They actually go five to seven. Uh, and I think it's every day at Coco. Um, this is like one of the one of the beach bars I actually really like um, in Tulum. It's it's changing. It's getting a little more like it's very famous on Instagram. If you've seen the white beach swings on Instagram, that's Coco Tulum. And I think those swings got so famous that a lot of other places started adding swings. <laughs> so but yeah, Coco Tulum is like is a great option. Five to seven. Of course, happy hour gets very crowded as well. But if you're getting there right at five, you're totally fine. Um, and, you know, head to the blog and check out all the other options that you do have for, for Tulum happy hours. So the last, the last tip is eating in Tulum town. I already mentioned staying in Tulum town and I touched briefly on, on eating in Tulum town. So, you know, besides staying there and biking, uh, one of the last big ways that you save money on your Tulum trip is eating in Tulum Town. Um, truth be told, I think the food is better. It's like more authentic. The beach is, is obviously very touristic. People don't live on the beach. It's all pretty much resorts in the main main strip of Tulum. Um, so people live in downtown. Downtown has locals and they eat in downtown. They don't go to the beach to eat. So there's a lot more of like a locals vibe to eating in Tulum town. So for me, I think that actually that's where all the good street tacos and the good food is. So yeah, Tulum beach, Instagrammable, Tulum town where people actually live and eat. So, you know, the places are not going to be as photogenic, but the food is going to be so much better and so much cheaper. And again, nothing stops you from going to the beach and taking photos of the inst of the places you've seen on Insta. So, um, yeah, a lot of uh, Tulum town cheap eats in in the blog linked in the show notes. One of my favorite places to eat in Tulum is called Taqueria Honorio. It means the honorary Taqueria or honor Taqueria. And this is like where the locals go to eat. These are the best tacos in Tulum. But this is like a no frills restaurant. You know, it's just all about the food. But you can eat, you know, the things that the Yucatan Peninsula is famous for, namely cochinita pibil, lechon. Um, these are pork things. And then, you know, you wash it down with an agua fresca, fruit water. And you can have a lunch for like, you know, four tacos, tacos in Mexico are small and an agua fresca for like five bucks. So again, Tulum on a budget, totally possible. So those were my 10 tips on Tulum for Tulum on a budget. Uh, I hope that they were helpful. Um, I just want to like do a final thought on this. Like 
Tulum is a really fun place. I think everyone should check it out at least once. I mean, obviously it's grown popularity. Um, it's, you know, when things get more popular, people tend to be like, oh, I don't care anymore. You know, it's under whatever. It's understandable. But, you know, it's cool to like form your own opinion. There's a lot of people go to Tulum and they're like, no, not for me. And a lot of people go like and and move there, you know, kind of a thing. So the reality is as it gets more famous, as it gets more Insta famous, you know, it starts to become less and less special because more and more people have already been there and done that and seen the pictures of it and, and all that stuff. But if you're looking for a place to relax, to enjoy the scenery, to lay on a beautiful Caribbean beach, to take a lot of photos, swim in the cenotes, Tulum is definitely like a place you're going to really, really like. But the key to enjoying it all is really managing your expectations. So, you know, think Instagram versus reality. Uh, Tulum is very pretty, but like most Instagram versus reality places, many people just build it up in their mind to like a level that it can never live up to. And then, of course, it, it lets you down. So if you understand what you're signing up for, which is higher price tags by Mexican standards, those like rustic boho vibes, you know, Tulum, a lot of places in Tulum don't have air conditioning and it's hot, you know, but like that's sort of part of the charm of why it became famous. Um, and, you know, large numbers of tourists because Tulum is famous. Tulum is famous now. It is what it is. It used to be an unknown hippie town and now it's, that's not the case. So if you don't mind high price tags, higher price tags, you know, those like rustic, the boho vibes and sharing this town with all the other tourists, if those things don't bother you or if you have those, those expectations managed, you're going to totally enjoy your Tulum trip no matter what your budget is. So I hope that uh, the tips in this article helped. I hope you have an idea of how to plan a budget and then what to do with your budget, how to allocate it, and then just some like insider intel on um, things to do in Tulum for cheap. So definitely head to the blog linked in the show notes. And, you know, it's even uh, if you're if you're in the planning stage of your Tulum trip, it's going to be a really great resource for staying on budget. So thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I look forward to chatting with you again next week. And until then, nos vemos, chicas. That means see you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning into this week's episode of the Dream to Destination podcast. I hope you continue tuning in as I release new episodes each Monday. If you prefer to be notified when they come out, just head to your podcast provider of choice and hit that subscribe button. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please also consider leaving a written review and a star rating. These two things help push us up in the algorithm so that other travelers can find us. Speaking of other travelers, if you know anyone who would love this podcast, please also share it with them. And then let's all be friends over on the socials. I'm on Insta, Facebook, and Pinterest at Travel Mexico Solo and on Twitter at Travel Mex Solo. Thanks again for tuning in. And I really hope this will not be our last conversation.